The presenting sponsor of Moon Tower Soccer is FVF Law. To find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm, you can visit FVF.law. Hello, friends. Thanks for listening to Moon Tower Soccer. This week, we're going to cover some Austin FC news. We'll talk about the preseason match this past weekend, and we'll play our now annual over-under game with Marcelo Tesson. My name is Landon Cottom, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Jeremiah Bentley. Hey, everybody. I'm Jeremiah Bentley, and I am uh, a little sore today. I spent seven hours with the chainsaw yesterday making turning all of the trees in our backyard that fell in the winter storm into uh, some kind of like medieval defense mechanism currently in front of the house. Like I've just got like a four foot, <laughs> a four foot tall pile of like brush and limbs around the house. So it was not a great experience. Um, we were without power for like two days. So I took, oh man, I took a, they loved it. The Bentley boys went to work with me on Thursday and Friday. So they had internet, heat, unlimited snacks and ice cream. And weren't at school. And they weren't at school. Yeah. They were like, I was like, oh guys, the, the lights are back on. Let's go home. And Luke's like, no, the internet's way better here. Let's stay here. And they, <laughs> And they have snacks. So, I mean, it was not a lot of fun to be without power for that long. But overall, it was a pretty good experience. And I'm not sure that everybody's like had the same casual experience out of this that we probably had, including the Stuvers, who seem very upset about what's going on. Yeah, it's insane. Like, I am in the 78745, which I think is still the most affected area. Strangely enough, we lost power for like an hour the whole time, which is much better than we fared in 2021 with the, like the near grid failure and all that. So we got, we were really lucky this time, but we we're just watching our neighbor's trees fall apart all for <laughs> 48 hours or whatever. Luckily all of our tree limbs died in the 2021 storm. And so we had all our trees trimmed and they were fine. There's no problem with ours, but all down the street, it was, yeah, that was wild. So anybody, who uh, is still without power. If, if there's any, any way we can help, I know most people uh, probably a soccer podcast is not going to be the first place you come for help, but if we can't help with anything, please, please let us know. And uh, hopefully everyone is, is has power now or we'll get it back soon. Yeah. Hopefully we, hopefully we can all get through this together and look forward to the start of the 2023 MLS season, which is just around the corner for us. Yeah. So we have one more, uh, preseason scrimmage to talk about. There's more information about this one, partially because the club actually tweeted some information about it, but also because there are several, I don't know, dozens, hundreds of people out on Verde Hill uh, peering over the, the, the fences at the St. David's Performance Center. Do you think that the club decided to tweet information about the game because there were going to be people standing on that hill? Just knowing that people were going to be there anyhow? Well, I, I think if somebody's going to tweet information about it, they're like, it might as well be us. It better right? be us. Instead of the fans on the hill. So we can kind of control what gets out or at least be, have some, some like put our thumbs on the scale of what information actually <laughs> gets out to the public. I mean, I, that is definitely an interesting theory. I hadn't thought about it that much. I was thinking maybe... Maybe so. I was thinking a little more, more more about maybe it was just like the pressure from people complaining about how uh, they had to follow the other club in the first match. And then I don't know if we'll talk about this too much, but like Miami's having like an open match and like fan festival for the Austin FC scrimmage on the 18th. So maybe it was just like peer pressure from everything else that's going on. But I can definitely see the argument that, um, yeah, they're not having Chris Ramirez in a Speedo like tweeting about what's going on. <laughs> 
and the hill allows them to control the narrative a little more. And it was a little kind of uneven, right? Because I don't, I'm not even sure that every goal was recognized, but there yeah, was more ev- content. Every goal was not was not posted about. Every substitution was not po- posted about. But some of them were. And so again, that's kind of what I'm saying about like putting their thumb on the scale of all that kind of stuff is like, okay, we we're okay with this information getting out. Maybe we don't say anything about this, whether it be for, I don't know, strategic purposes, state secrets type things. I don't know. Yeah. I I hadn't really thought about it too much. So today, so we have a starting lineup here. Was this something that Austin FC tweeted or we found somewhere else? I think it was the club tweeted this. The club tweeted this. Yeah. So with this lineup, we'll go through it really quickly. Uh, Stuver and goal, uh, Kumanic and Lima at fullbacks, Vicen and Cascante at center backs, Ring and Wolf, Driussi in the midfield, Fagundes and Rigoni on the wings, and Will, Blu- Will Bruin, trialist. I like that they included that in parentheses in the tweet. Uh, uh, it's striker. So, do you read anything at all into this lineup? I think the main thing I read into it is this is most of the people we would write down as starters, right? Not all of them, but it's like a good chunk of guys who we expect to be starting on match day one. I think this is at least partially giving Will Bruin a run out with some of those guys and seeing if like how he works with those guys. Are you compatible enough with this team for us to give you that third striker spot? Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So I think it's like eight. I think it's what I'm looking at. Probably starters. Everybody except for Bruin, Owen, Kolmanich and Kolmanich are probably game day one starters. So that's a that's a really strong lineup. And let's not we we'll try not to read a lot into preseason, but like it showed too in terms of the results from this match as opposed to other matches. I think from this point on, the games will start to look more and more like what the starting lineup is going to be. Right? I think that's been the case in the last couple of preseasons that we've gone through, and so I would expect that to be the case this year. It's like. We, uh, we have, is it three more preseason games coming up? Yeah, Louisville, Sacramento, and Inter Miami are the le- the three preseason matches left. Yeah, so we'll get into that here in a second. But uh, I I feel like in the last couple of seasons we started to see like okay, this is the group. Like these are the guys who who Wolf is going to call on on February twenty fifth. So uh, we got five goals and get ended five nil. This was two forty five minute halves plus a. Th- additional 30, 30 minute yep. pyramid period. And so the goals came from Owen Wolf, Driussi, David Rodriguez from Austin two, Ethan Finley and Maxi Ruti. Um, as far as like what the shape looked like, I, I posted a prediction on Twitter and if anybody who was out there, I didn't, I didn't hear or read anything about this, but if anybody who was out there who's watching this could tell me what the shape looked like at various points in the game. So my, my prediction is that Austin FC will play more with a double pivot this year. Wolf keeps kind of hinting at, at tweaks to the, the structure of the team and, and little bits of like player interviews. And then Brian Mangum pointed this out in, in one of the, uh, one of the videos, like training videos that the club put out, Wolf says something about something to Danny Pereira, like when you and Owen are in the six six. I'm guessing that means like a dual six, like two defensive midfielders. So I'm predicting that like we're going to see a lot more of that. So anybody who was out on Verde Hill, let me know if you noticed that in the shape, if they were actually playing that way, or if it was just the same four three three we always see with Danny Pereira playing that lone six role whenever he was on the field. So all these guys that talked last year about Austin having a double pivot, 
that you made fun of, they, they made you right this year? So is that, is that what I'm hearing from you? Yeah, but they're not going to know the difference, I guess. <laughs> they're they're going to be the same. They're going to start posting as a 4-3-3 just to piss me off. <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite possible. Um, what about... What else did we see? So I did see that Zardes was not there because he had picked up a little knock in training. So it's probably also another good reason for Will Bruin to get a little time. Is there anybody else that was out that you were surprised by? So uh, Johan Valencia was not there. He's posting pictures from Colombia. And we've kind of heard through the grapevine that maybe he's there working on a green card, which is good news. Like it's makes his life probably a little bit easier living here and also opens up an international spot for Austin FC. So I believe, yeah, if he gets it done before um, the roster compliance deadline, I think, right? It doesn't even have to be before the start of the season. Right. Then we can actually use that spot this season. And so, uh, yeah, good news on all fronts if that's the case. I think one one wrinkle to that is with him missing some of these preseason games, I'm not sure how long he's going to be gone, but... Sofian Jeffall is, is going to be a guy who's pushing for minutes in this team this year. And I could see a reality where Valencia misses a preseason game, misses some training. Jeffall is playing and training and starting to impress Wolf. Maybe Jeffall steals any minutes that that Wolf maybe had Valencia penciled in for early in the season. I could see I could see a situation where Jeffall starts to seal some of those things. And if he keeps performing, maybe he continues to keep Valencia on the bench even more so than he was last year. Yeah, I, I want to make I want to follow up on that with a question for you, but I guess I want to make one point or emphasize a point you made on Valencia and not being here in training and maybe in a way that's different from another guy we're going to talk about um, is that he, so Valencia was in Austin, right? And Valencia even played he played I don't I guess it was on Florida matches, but like he's played and featured in the preseason for Austin. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, he was in Florida the whole time as far as I know. So it's not like he's it's not the Musa GTA role where he was like back at home or wherever he might be. Like he, he right. he's been in preseason and went back for some specific um purpose. Like I did not expect that this portends like a transfer or anything like that. Um my question to you is I mean, he's obviously got a very different build than Jafal. Like, but you think that like does he have a different skill set? Or I mean why how do you why do you see them competing for minutes? Yeah, so they are different players. They're not, I, and like I would not call Jafal even like a true six. Oftentimes in DC, when he was playing in a double pivot, there was usually more of like a destroyer guy playing next to him. And so, I yeah, I don't think they're one for one change. But if we are playing in more of this double pivot structure, I think that you can afford to have two guys who are like pretty good defensively, but maybe better um, carrying the ball forward than Valencia is in that, in that system. So with this, this dual pivot, I think it, I think it really suits the skill sets of guys like Owen Wolf, like Sofian Jeffall, because there's a lot of pressure on that single six in that four, three, three shape. And we were, I think we saw the, the results of that, in, especially in year one. And at times in year two, having, Danny Pereira there by himself in the, some of those moments. Having the two guys there, I think it takes some of the pressure off and you can maybe not need to have like a dedicated destroyer, but just as long as those two guys are defensively sound. And if you have guys like Danny, who's been playing there by himself or Sofian Jeffall, who's played a lot of six in DC, I think it, it, you can kind of share some of those responsibilities, which is why I think 
that he might see those minutes. If it is that 4-3-3 shape with the lone six, I don't see Jeff Fall getting a lot of minutes in that role. I think he would be definitely in like the dual eight or dual six role, kind of like Alex Ring, um, the the spots that Felipe played last year. I'd see him getting more spots in more minutes in those spots, but not necessarily as, as a lone six. Yeah, so uh, this is going to go into the over-under question, but maybe if, if Austin does play like that, maybe Danny doesn't pick up a yellow card accumulation if he's not left alone uh, as much as possible. Maybe he grows up a little bit as a player, which is a little bit of the yeah. reason why he got so many. Yeah, well, let's go on to the preseason matches. So we talked about Austin having three more upcoming uh, two of those are new announcements. The one I think that's probably the most interesting is the Wednesday, September 15th against Sacramento Republic FC out of the USL. And this one is at a location where we have never had a preseason match before, I don't believe, correct? I think that's right. Yeah, as far as like these preseason friendlies go anyway. So um, it is, yeah, it's Q2 Stadium, home of the February 15th preseason match versus Sacramento Republic, but the match is closed to the public. So do you have any theories on that? I think we know that, right? At this point, yeah, I think you, you've been told by a couple of different places. So let us know what you've heard about this game. Yeah, we've heard that this is the opportunity for Apple to test out the broadcast ability, cameras, setup, studio, and all those things uh, before there's actually real meaningful games to be played later in February. So I believe that's why this one is being played at Q2. There's other matches being played at other stadiums across the league, maybe other matches, including announcers that will be calling Austin games, you know, around the league to really help uh, Apple and MLS test this product out and sort out what it might be before they put an actual broadcast on air. And I don't know a ton about the media, but this seems like a pretty common practice. Like um, my company sponsored a radio show on uh, NPR and uh, it was like a brand new show. And they did test episodes for like two weeks straight with like real guests and commercial breaks. Well, oh, not, wow. I mean, not, not real we don't call them commercial breaks, it's NPR, but like sponsor breaks or whatever, underwriter breaks, and did like two weeks worth of shows that they never, ever published anywhere just to work out all the kinks. So I can absolutely see that Apple TV do this, do, would do the same kind of thing with broadcasts. A lot of like podcasting professionals and like guides on how to start a podcast, a lot of them recommend recording an entire first episode and then deleting it and then making the second episode be your first episode <laughs> well and the way well, they could do it the way we did it where you started talking about a team before anybody knew or cared and nobody, yeah, was, where nobody listening. was listening it's the same as deleting it i guess <laughs> basically yeah uh, speaking of apple uh we now have access to the platform there's quite a bit of content on there there's team specific content there's league specific content uh, how much of this have you seen so far, and what are your first impressions of it? So I've I've only watched the uh, what is it, the rituals one. Mm-hmm. It's all I've seen because with the not having power and stuff, my my TV viewing has been down a little bit over where it normally would have been, and I also have not updated the iOS on my phone to uh, to 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 be able to view it yet. So I've only seen a little bit um, on my laptop, but I mean it seems really good. And what I've read is there's a lot of other maybe bad content from other clubs out there. But how much have you seen? Yeah, I've watched all of the Austin stuff, uh, not much else. Uh, so, yeah, I think you're right. It seems like all of this content so far, as far as club-specific stuff, has been produced by the teams themselves, and it's very clear which teams have dedicated staff to do stuff like that in a high-level way. Some of them, it looks like they um, like shipped it out to some corporate video training company or something. (laughs) 
Yeah, and let's say from some of the articles I've read, it seems like the exactly the clubs you would expect to be good at it or good at it. Like I've heard Atlanta's stuff is pretty good. I've heard LA stuff is pretty good. I've heard all the like legacy original MLS teams who haven't invested a lot in social or things are pretty bad. So that's I'm not surprised at all by that. Yeah, but I, I really do hope that there is pressure both from the league and from Apple to say like, hey, step up your game. This this is fine for now because we need to fill this with content, but it needs to improve. Like for this to be a good product that people want to pay for, it needs to be good. Uh, Austin FC is having no trouble on that front so far as, as we expected, but um, some of them haven't been so great. One of my favorite parts of this package. And this is a trick that someone on Los Verdes Slack showed me. And I think we should talk about it on the show because I think there's probably a lot of people who still don't know about it, but you can go back and watch full 90 minute matches of all of the 2022 season. And so the way you do it is if you click on the, like, if you go to like the Austin FC homepage, go to the bottom, it'll say past matches, click on a match. It'll go to a page scroll down to the very bottom of that page and there's an icon that says MLS season pass or something like that. If you're on a computer, you can click on that and it'll open up and give you the two options. If you're on the TV or on your phone, then you'll like hold it down and two options will pop up and you can either watch the highlights or the full 90 minutes. But I think depending on what device you're on, if you just click it, it might just take you to like a four minute highlight package. And so, yeah, go down to that MLS season pass thing click it or hold down on it and you'll get, you can watch that full 90 uh, game if you want to. And I went through and was doing some of that. I posted this on Twitter yesterday, but I watched several, like a big chunk of the first four matches. And those were the first, the only games that Cecilia Dominguez played in last year. And I was getting really frustrated because he was actually pretty good in those games. And if he hadn't gone and messed everything up like he did, like, imagine how good that team would have been. Like, there's, there's, I don't know, how many games did Owen Wolf start on the wing for us last year? This is like seven or eight games that he started there and then lots of other minutes that he played there. Imagine if if we have a guy scoring, even if he scores 10 goals or whatever, that's still, like, that's second highest on the team. And so, like, I don't know. I was just getting really frustrated because he really did look quite good in those games. Yeah, but I've... Yes, he did. I know there were some people who just remember the flopping and complaining and whatever, but I mean, it was a different team. I mean, those first four games were, um, obviously there was two bonus games, but uh, that was the strongest Austin probably looked all year. It was other than the LA match, right? It was like right off the bat when everything was kind of, um, it was like 15 to what they scored 15 goals or something in the first four matches, which was some kind of, I don't think maybe it like tied the record for the league for the most in the, in the first matches or, or whatever. So yeah, that's, um, Definitely a missed opportunity that that connection that was being made. Um, this was not on the Apple package, but the the mic'd up videos that the club has been putting out. I they've think they've been, done yeah, Hector they, Jimenez so far and Danny Pereira was the most recent one. And they were both genius in different ways, right? Like I yeah. loved Hector as a dude. Hector was like, oh, this, this is like the team dad and he's amazing and encouraging and supportive. And then Danny was just Danny. I love I love that about Danny though, because a lot of times when he does interviews, he kind of clams up. You can tell he gets a little bit nervous in front of the mic. But in that situation, he's just like in his element playing soccer. And like that that has to be when these guys feel the freest, right? And so he's just 
super funny. And then with Hector, it's one thing that stuck out to me is how competitive they are in those training exercises and like yelling at the, the, I guess, assistant coaches on the side who are judging if the goal counts or not or whatever, and like getting in their faces. I thought that was really funny though. But if, if Apple doesn't have plans to include this kind of stuff in their content, they absolutely should. Cause this is gold, like getting, you see like NFL does this with like miking up coaches on the sidelines or that like the quarterbacks have the, those microphones in their helmets already. So doing that kind of stuff during games and publishing that afterwards, like a little curated couple of minute package of a coach mic'd up or players mic'd up on the, uh, on the sideline, that would be content gold. So they should absolutely do more of that. Yeah. And that we've had a little bit of experience with that back in 2021. Um, not so much in Austin, but you know, like with the, with the pandemic games, when there was not a crowd or when the crowd was really small and you could hear the coaches, you could hear Josh Wolf coaching on the sideline. Like it was really interesting stuff. So to mic it up and courage, that would be good. So hopefully that's the promise of this Apple package is that the league gets a little more creative and what they're delivering. And maybe when, when it's centralized and controlled more by the league and by the content provider and not so much in the hands of individual teams, we get more stuff like that. But yeah, I love those videos. I love Danny like singing Bad Bunny um, while he's, <laughs> while he's like, practicing in, in between drills. All right, now let's move on to the transfer and transfer rumor section. I think we're at the part of the season where this is going to be mostly outgoing at this point. We have one confirmed. This is Musa Jite. I can't remember. Yeah, this was it was being a rumor last week. Last week, yeah, yeah, and I think it was announced on Tuesday. So it was like a rumor Monday last Monday we were recording official Tuesday. So we kind of knew. Um, oh, great! Like, like you, you, you were you right last week when you. Guess the club name. You try to pronounce uh, the club yeah, name. Yeah, I, I just I I know. I mean, it's as right as I can say it. Okay, but so do it again. Ajaccio. This is a French team that's in Corsica, which is an island in the Mediterranean. It looks absolutely beautiful, and you can see the ocean from the stadium, which is really cool. Um, but they are in. They're in league, oh, right? They're in the first they division. They are. They're in the first division. I think they're pretty low in the table in the first division and and they're not usually there. I think they have right. like four seasons ever in the first division, usually a French second division team. And so like I this is this is an interesting one. It is a loan through the end of the French season, which just goes through the summer. They have an option to buy and then I guess if they don't buy, technically he's coming back to Austin. Uh, we talk about this later on in the over under game with Marcelo, both of us guessed in that game that he's not going to come back. This is kind of a tricky situation though, where it, it's a little bit of the Tomas Pochettino situation where if you're not counting on him coming back, then maybe you, you fill his roster spot and sign somebody else. But if, if Ajaxio doesn't sign him and he's, technically ours again this is not the off season where we have time to offload Tomas Pochettino to Brazil like he's coming back now and we're in mid-season and he's on our books again so I really think that whether he comes back or not Austin FC is essentially just going to need to leave his roster spot open for him I, I think you're right and I, the good thing about that is that the window will be open for a while after you know the outcome of that maneuver. And I guess this is kind of my thought. Even if, even if GTA was loaned out to the end of the calendar year, that Austin's 
probably done bringing players in until you get to the summer window and you 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 see what the needs are and like where the gaps are and so in that way Austin does have a little time to see what happens with GTA and he did make so he made the bench in the first match did he I think he played some is that right or he's played a few minutes already I don't even know I haven't I haven't tracked it yeah I believe I think he's been there for two matches and played a little bit in one but he's okay. so maybe they're, maybe they're going to feature him some but uh, I think it was interesting because we didn't we didn't know when we talked to Marcelo, but yeah, we do both agree that we've probably seen the last of Musa Gita in Austin. Um, I think the Will Bruin, well, Will Bruin being in Austin on trial is obviously a real big indicator that that's probably over. And I think you said last week like Austin's probably a better team in twenty twenty three with Will Bruin. Now, like Gita being a U twenty two guy, um, that does make you think about roster construction long term, depending on whether he comes back or not. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that. If if it looks like Ajaxio wants to buy him, or if they they outright say like, "Hey, we don't want to buy him," start looking elsewhere, and maybe they have some stuff lined up in this summer. We can bring in another U twenty two player to replace him. But yeah, I I think you're right. We shouldn't we shouldn't expect that to happen in this window. Um, uh, you want to go, go the other way? Yeah, let's see. You want to go the other guy? Oh no? yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, what is Musajite without his best friend? There's a rumor from Twitter from Senior Football Paraguay, uh, saying that Johan Romagna is on his way to Olympia in Paraguay. And so this is the only place I've seen this rumor so far. It is a very, it's 128,000 followers on Twitter, but it is also an anonymous Twitter account. And so I don't really know what this this account's reputation is and how, like what their record is on get on calling these transfers. But what they're saying is, that Olympia has more or less a transfer ban because they missed their last payment on buying or I think buying a player, they owed another club money and didn't make their last payment. And so essentially they need to make that payment in order to be able to sign another player and senior football on Twitter is saying that if they can make that payment, then this move is happening. Again, this is the only place we're seeing this, so far from confirmed, but there's there's definitely smoke there. And there is, just from what we know about Johan Romagna and Josh Wolf's relationship right now, you can imagine that if there is any option to for Romagna to get to get out, that probably Austin's going to be all in favor of that happening and appears to be ready to play the season without him being playing meaning, meaningful minutes at all. Um, I guess one other thing I keep hearing from people when we talk about roster flexibility because Austin was at twenty for a week, right? Senior player, play, senior players, and now with GTA, there's they're they're at nineteen, and maybe now if Romagna goes back out there at eighteen, so there's this other preseason buyout option that Austin took on the Ulysses Segura last year, which I don't know. People seem to want to happen, but don't really have like a purpose or a player that they want to spend. Well, they have one player they want to spend it on. That may or may not make sense, but like, what what do you think about that? Is this something MLS teams routinely do? Is just yeah, go ahead and take advantage of their buyout? Like, I don't think it's that common. I don't. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. And like, the thing is, I would imagine oftentimes when it happens, you don't hear about it because it's a player who didn't play, and you've maybe never heard of them. And so, yeah, it's just like we know all these players really well, so it's hard to say whether or not other teams use it a lot. But if we have two senior roster spots open right now i know people like to talk about how like how 
Rodney isn't earning his paycheck or whatever, he's really not on that much money. He's not taking up that much cap space. And so if we have two roster spots open, like there's no need to use the buyout. So I'd say you only use it if you need that spot. And so at this moment, I don't really see any any big urgency to do so, especially with how many competitions we have this season. So yeah, I at this moment, I would bet that we don't use it. But if we get a couple more transfers come in in the next couple of weeks, yeah, maybe maybe then the urgency is there. Maybe we do. I just don't. I don't see that happening. Other than if if Austin's working on a deal with a winger somewhere, that would be like a one for one replacement. Maybe you do that. But there's plenty. There's a lot of depth right now at this point, generally across the roster. I think after adding the last, after adding Lundqvist and Tar- Tarek, there's not like a lot of spots that need that kind of depth. So I don't know what you would use it for. Yeah, I mean, left wing really is still the only spot. I probably the only spot on the roster that I'm like a little bit concerned about. I we talked about Valentin Noel maybe filling that spot. I, I didn't see Valentin Noel's name mentioned anywhere in this friendly the other day. So. I don't know what his status is with the team right now, if he's still in contention for getting a first-team uh, first team contract or not. Uh, another person that I think might be an option, and this is an, uh, the second of my Twitter predictions over the weekend, is Micah Burton. So I'm going to – I've been on the record as saying, like, I don't think he'll get a homegrown contract this year. And I decided to change my mind. I think – I'm going to predict that he will get a homegrown contract before the end of 2023. Um, Partly because he's been in first team training. Like we've we've heard that there's been a group of academy players training with the first team, but we always knew that it was a group of them. So like five or six that were pretty regularly getting, getting time with the first team. Michael Burton, to our knowledge, was the only academy player in Florida with the first team. And so the fact that he was there, they were posting photos of him from the club account, which I know also doesn't mean nothing, right? Like we've seen Easter eggs like that before from the media team, like where, oh, there's a photo of this guy, there's a photo of this happening. And then there's some big announcement involving that player not long after. So um, the fact that he's in these photos and videos, I think does mean something. There's also based on Jeremiah's, investigation here that we do have a roster spot available for a homegrown. And so really to me, I think the only question is like, if they think if he's training with the first team that that says to me, like, I think they think he's ready to play with the first team, at least a little bit. Um, he's getting to the age where maybe he tries to go somewhere else if they don't give him a contract. And so the question is like, is there another Academy player you want to use that homegrown slot for? on that, on the roster. If there's not, I, I'd say give it to him. So my guess is he gets some minutes with ATX two early on. If he's, if he's able to, to hang and really make a mark at the professional level there, I think he gets a homegrown contract not long after. That would be really exciting. Gosh, he looks like, I mean, he is a kid, but he looks like such a kid in those pictures when he's I, lined up so with all the other. He does look like a kid, but honestly, like watching him from even like six months ago, he looks grown up since then. And so like, that's another part of it too, is like, he just looked like, like even with this, like the U 17 team, he looks young out there sometimes. And so like, he is growing up a little bit, like that happens fast at that age. Right. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I'm like so adamant about this, but I think it's going to happen. And I really hope it does. Yeah. I love the theory. He's, he's obviously like a 
talent is fairly unique as far as what Austin has uh, available. All right. Anything else, Jeremiah, before we go to the over-under game with Marcelo? No, let's go make some probably bad over-under predictions, and then luckily we won't have to deal with the consequences of those predictions for another uh, nine months. It's so early. The season's so far away. We're having to make all these guesses. It's going to... We're, uh, we're going to be very wrong. We already did it, and so, like, how did you feel about it? I feel like we did a bad job. I feel, I feel like we did, yes. I, I'm, not, I'm not very... <laughs> I'm not very excited about and there's yeah i don't think it's gonna be great we'll, we'll right. see well without any further ado let's take a quick break and we'll come back with the over under game with marcelo tesson moonshower soccer is brought to you by sage wilson property group if you or someone you know are in need of sage real estate advice in austin Talk to our friends at Sage Wilson Property Group. You can find them online at sagewilson.com. And as always, Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by our friends at FVF Law, the official injury lawyers of Austin FC. FVF is a different kind of personal injury law firm dedicated to community, transparency, and client education. And, you know, people give us a little bit of a hard time about, you know, walking around and being like so-and-so is presented to you by FVF Law, but... Like when I call my wife and remind her, like I call on the way home, it's like, remember, I have to record Moon Tower Soccer tonight, brought to you by FEF Law. Like it's just, it's just a part of <laughs> how I talk about this show now. So thanks, FEF. You can go to FEF.law to find out what makes FEF a different kind of injury law firm and why understanding your legal options can dramatically change the outcome of a case. Once again, that's FEF.law. All right. We are very excited to be joined by Marcelo Tesson. Uh, I think... You weren't happy with the introduction I gave you last time, so I think we we what? should give you a title now. I think we should. Start I, I, I wasn't happy. I I don't remember what I said. I like said something weird that made sound maybe like an insult, and I did not mean it to be. <laughs> claim. I think it's I a, like claim. active. Austin. Active human I don't know, or something. something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I wrote a sternly worded letter. Anyway, I think we should give you the title of official Moon Tower Soccer Games Master. That that's actually hilarious because in my real life, I hate playing like going to board game nights and stuff like that. I can't do it. It's not my like board games and stuff like that are completely not my thing. And so this is the, uh, this is I like this title because it's a fun cognitive dissonance. Like I have a lot of board game nerd fan friend friends who invite me to game nights and I'm just miserable for three hours. I trying to trade trying to trade ore for you know for wool yeah i don't like i don't like uh board games i don't like card games i do like trivia though which is what yeah. your games essentially are is trivia and i like... can't my, my wife and i can't play trivia we can't go out because we get too competitive that's the reason why <laughs> i don't do it is because i get really upset when i'm not winning so like we, we went to a seinfeld trivia night the other day and we were like in second place by like one or two points and we were like despondent for the ride home and like we had to look inward and like work it work through it as a family. Those specialized trivia's are hard. I we went to a Bob's. Yeah, we're Burgers good at them. And then this one, yeah. this, this one, this one, this one, these one people beat us. And it's it, stupid. Okay, so we did this. Um, we did like the recap not long ago. I don't remember exactly when it was, but in the last couple of months, we recapped our 2022 over under predictions. Uh, which you weren't on the show for, but you sent them all into us. Um, and we're doing it now, which is a little bit earlier, I think, than we did before the last season, which 
uh, Jeremiah and I were trying to schedule out when we were going to fit everything in we have planned for the preseason. And this is kind of when it needed to be, which I think is going to make it really hard having not seen the team really yet, Have having like a few more weeks before the season actually kicks off. Like things could happen, but I think it'll probably make it uh, a lot more fun to go over and make fun of ourselves at the end of the year. So I think it all balances out here. Yeah. And I had to change some of these in the last few weeks, thanks to various news things happening. So uh, I had, I had 1.5, uh, 1.5 number of sporting directors employed by Austin FC and then (laughs) Fabio resigned. Uh, All right. Should we jump in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So for those of you who don't know, over under what's going to happen is I'm going to set a number and that's the line. And I'm going to explain what the line is. And then uh, and then Landon and Jeremiah have to pick whether the, the reality is going to be over or under that line. Most of these numbers have a 0.5. That way you can do a whole number above or a whole number below. Uh, I will also put out there, guys, that if you if like these, a lot of these were actually set in community on the slack channel we had a nice long slack thread um where people suggested different over-unders and and set the lines with us um however if at one some of these if you they're like educated guesses about what we think we tried to set them right in the middle of where we think it could be um if you feel like there's a line that's not doesn't make sense or anything because we don't know what we're talking about like we can reset a line or two if we need to um there are 19 total and i made that an odd number on purpose so that there would be no like no ties. There's going to be 20. Yeah, no, 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 like 10 to 10 ties. Like you're going to either have a winning record or a losing record. And we do have a tiebreaker that we're going to do right now today <laughs> okay. and keep in our pockets in case we need a tiebreaker. All right. All right. So the first one, and I previewed this during the review of the over-unders last time is 9.5 goals against within the first 15 minutes. So Austin FC has a bad habit of conceding goals early in the first 15 minutes. They had 11 out of 55 goals conceded in the first. So one fifth of their goals were conceded against within the first 15 minutes last year. I'm setting at 9.5 when the hope that it will improve. What do you guys think? What was the number from last year? 11 11. total. And I have another, I have another question. Is this the, are all these questions only related to league competition? When uh, you can assume league competition unless otherwise specified. Okay. That's a good line because I would have said less, but um, what are you thinking, Jeremiah? Okay, I'm going to go under. Oh, I guess on we're, this. We're, going, are we, we're competing against each other, aren't we? Well, yeah, I don't but think you guys can do the same thing. We can take the same side. Remember, yeah. we did that some last year. But I shouldn't well, ask going your under. opinion, is what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. No, I, well, I'm, I'm laying my line on the I'm going under. I feel like Josh Although is vague. The good, psychops, the good psychops would be for Landon to kind of try to persuade Jeremiah. <laughs> Oh, you really oh, think that over? I'll take the under. All right, well, I'll take the over. Like, we're not that smart. We're not that smart, Marcelo. <laughs> you I saw, you, that, you saw us trying to do Jeopardy bids last time we were on. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take the under as well, mostly as a sign of optimism, but based on no real evidence. Okay, they, you guys both take the under. I would actually have taken the over because Cascante is still on the team. <laughs> All right. Hey, these are your older. The last the last year, we had a similar one for this one last year, but I'm making it more specific because there was a question as to whether it counted one of the things counted last year. We're back to 0.5 Rodney Rennes goals witnessed by the public. No hearsay. So it has to be in front of an audience. Either TV so or it, in person. It's not a close. 
in person. I don't. I think Verde Hill doesn't count. Okay, and it has and Rodney Redis goals like in, so. It's, it, it, and in any competition, it cannot be the stuff of legend reported by Josh. In any competition, Rodney Redis goals witnessed by the public. Uh, I'm gonna say over. 0.5. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Rodney Redis scores against Wrexham. Are we actually playing Wrexham? It's not official, but there's a lot of signs pointing towards that we're probably playing Wrexham. God, I love That's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I can make it more complicated, but I'm not going to. I'm also going to go over the over. But if we get questions about it, like this closed door, this closed door scrimmage that's coming up, we know there's like high profile sponsors who are going to be allowed to see it. So if a goal gets scored no, during no, that, I'm going to count public, no. public. Oh, okay. I mean, it's it's outside people. It's not just the team. I'm still going to go. We have over. to have independent. But we, the people in general, have to have seen this goal to exist for it to exist. I don't like your attitude, Marcel. But I'm still going to go with the over. <laughs> well, maybe if he had scored last year, we would have a little bit more, you know, tolerance of of phantom goals of legend. <laughs> okay, so you're both over optimists. All right. We're very optimistic right. so far. 3.5 comeback victories by Austin FC. They had four last year. Is that all? It seems like there were way more than yeah. that. It's, I think, because, I mean, yeah, yeah was, there was DC, there was Kansas City. Um, I guess some of I, the I comebacks were draws too. Or maybe we scored first and then they scored second and we like that kind of thing. So comeback, 3.5 comeback victories by Austin FC. Wait, and by so you're saying by comeback we have to be losing the whole game and then win? No, you have to be losing at some, at point, some point. Okay. And then win. Um I mean if it weren't if it I would have guessed we had like six or seven last year. So the fact that it's only four is throwing me off here. I looked it up and um I think I must be thinking of some draws because like wasn't Orlando like we were down two nil and came back we two, we drew two, and one. then the RSL game is another one that like technically a draw but we won in penalties is that one counting in the in the playoffs um, yeah yeah i'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to look i'm trying to look up my source but i'm pretty sure that it was four yeah there was kc there was kc regular season there was uh dc united um oh, i don't i got to look up maybe i'm wrong if i'm wrong we can change this but that's fine. We uh, so the, what was the line again? I'm sorry. Three point five. Three point five. I'm still gonna go over. Uh, I think okay. it's it's not an unreasonable number. I think just like the fashion of them could maybe be a little bit better instead of coming back from three nil down. Maybe it's like we're down one and come back and win two one. Wait, did you say over? Or under? I said over. Over. Okay, Jeremiah. We're gonna diverge here. I'm gonna go under. Okay. I have this real strong belief that Austin is gonna be a better team this year. Than they were last year, and we're gonna not finish second because we're not gonna have as many of these like fluky come from behind victories and stuff. So, like on paper, better would, club. But I would also say under man because the reason for me is that a lot of those victories are on like Drusi's shoulders in a way that we don't have. We're not prepared, we're not building that way anymore. We're trying to be a little bit more cohesive as a team, and so I think that Jeremiah, I think you might be right on this one. I feel that I feel that a little bit. All right, here's a fun one. This one takes a little explanation. 29.5 Brad Stuver PK save percentage. Okay. Oh, he was he was 28.6 last year. This includes playoff penalty. Any penalty kicks, in-game and post-game. 
Oh. Uh, he was 28.6 last year, but he was 50% before that, probably because he hasn't had a lot. He didn't have a lot of penalty kicks. Uh, he didn't face a lot of penalty kicks, but the, but the year before he was 50% when he blocked Chicharito. And so, uh, 28.6, uh, and, uh, Seth Rouse set this line at 29.5. Remember that he might get a lot more PKs with all these tournaments going on. So wait, we're, we're counting this all competitions. All, uh, all. all competitions. It's, it's his okay. percentage. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take the over on it. Okay. He's going to do more than 30. All right. Jeremiah. I just, I have no idea here. I'm also going to go with the over here. I just, mostly because I don't want to lose ground to land it in this one. <laughs> and I'm so unsure. I feel like picking the same thing is the way to go. Well, you, you guys have picked both the same thing, three out of four over under. So it's going to be a great recap <laughs> where I get to make fun of or celebrate both of you. All right. This is from Adia Silva. Um, 2.5. Kippy starts on the first team in any game. In any game. I'm going to go over. Yeah, I'll take the over I'm as gonna, well. I'm going to have more than one. We're going to we're going to play in more than one U.S. Open Cup match, hopefully. I think I, I, I should I shouldn't have put the in any game. I should have been like regular season Kippy starts. You could change it. Go ahead and change it. Would it, I think there might be more than two point five Kippy starts on the on the first team in the regular season in MLS. I think that makes it harder. Um, I. Yeah. I'll still go over. Okay. I'm going to go race. under with him being under. Our, yeah. fourth, our fourth center back. I'm going to go under. All right. Ooh, this is a, this was a very difficult line to set. And this one, we may want to reset somewhere a little bit more even handedly. Okay. 8.5. Yeah. This seems high. This seems high. 8.5 players who play on both the first and the second team this year. That seems high. 8.5. I don't know that it is, though, because... Oh, you know where I got this? I think I tried to find an example from a previous, from a different team. And that seemed, that seemed where it was, but I don't, I don't, I can't remember. Well, okay, so I think there's 8.5, over 8.5 first team players who will play down, but maybe they wouldn't get any first team minutes. <laughs> ah, interesting. So okay. I'll take the under on that. All right, Jeremiah. Got a lot they, of games. They have to play. They have up. to play for both teams. They have to play for they both. Play, they, they have to appear for so both. So even teams, if they yeah. have a first team contract and they play down, yeah. if they don't get first team minutes, then it doesn't count. Just, just quite, I guess. Do we want to say? Do we want to say play like they're in the game or they're on roster? Both rosters no, for games. Play like, minutes. Right. minutes. Okay. Yeah. You could just call charlie asensio out by name landon since i don't think that you think he's gonna play any first team minutes and he has a first team contract i was thinking um, of uh if johan romagna doesn't leave he might be one of those oh. yeah damian loss is probably one of those too uh i'll still go over okay i'm gonna go over eight and a half. another split that's great all right 28.5 zardas starts in any game he averaged 25 to 30 in his heyday with the columbus crew and this is all competitions. And what was the line again? I'm sorry. 28.5. Oh. I'm going to go first. I feel like you've gone first a lot. Yeah, go for it. I don't know. I don't know if this will change your answer or not, but I'm going to go under. I, just, I think he's 31. I think there's some competitions he's not going to play in. Like, I, I, I don't know that this is the year he's going to do that. Mm. 
I'll make it interesting and take the over just because there's so many games, so many competitions that like how like how many like Maxi got in the high 20s and starts this last season probably. So with add all these extra competitions on, I think he gets there. Okay. All right. Staying on with Jesse's artist. Point five goals scored by Jesse's artist not using his head or his feet. <laughs> this is from someone in the Slack. I didn't. I don't remember the name. I, I should have written. I think it might be David Lee. But um, yeah. Uh, I guess Zardes is known for ba- the bouncing balls off of other parts of his body into the goal. So my question. So the question is, will he get one of these signature goals? That's an easy over for me. He already scored a double shin goal in preseason. And that's just what we saw on, on film that the like the media okay. team released to us. So I, I think that's a, a sure thing. Yeah, I will go over also. I would I need like either his first goal or one of his signature goals to be off some other like a butt goal or something. Like I feel like butt the goal. that's butt goal is is exactly what we've been promised from Jesse Sardes. We better get a butt goal at some point this season. Okay. All right. This is one of this next one is a, is actually one of a few different ones that it's not about uh, necessarily counting numbers in a way. It's a, it's the number in a different way. Sixteen point five. Austin's rank in the total salary budget list when it comes out. Currently, last year was seventeen. Will we be higher in the comparative rankings or lower? Sixteen point five is the line. And was the seven I, was the seventeenth with like the second release of salaries in the, the season? The last release, the la- the last release. So with Ragoni, basically. Yeah, with Ragoni. It's actually current. Like I looked up current. I guess current most re- recent available. And so what we'll do is we'll check the most recent available at the time of the review. Yeah, we'll see where we, we should have the second release by then too. If if it works out the same okay. as past seasons, so yeah, that will be the most up to date. Um, man. I don't see Austin having a lot of salary spend in front of them at this point. So I'm going to go under, which I believe means 16 or lower 16th or 17th. Yeah. Remember yeah. like going, Oh, going, uh, going over will mean that they spend less and going under means that they spend more because the the, no, high, no. the more they spend, the lower the number is going to be. I, which, whichever one closer to the bottom is, that is the one yeah. I'm going with. Okay. That is, wait, if that's the case, if one's closer to the bottom, that is over. Okay, that's what I'm going with then. I'm going to take the over as well. I honestly think Austin's spend will be very similar to last year, but it feels like there's a lot of teams spending some money this year and so i think other teams will just maybe pass them a little bit i think that's true i think i I agree with that one okay you talked about him once let's put it on the line he had one last year so 1.5 first team appearances in any game by charlie asensio oh wow how could we know he was going to come up in any competition in any competition okay he played one one he played he appeared in one friendly last year Halfway through, I don't even. Which friendly was that? I don't even remember it. We were there. It was like it, he was in a mint jersey. I remember. Maybe Pachuca. Might have been Pachuca. Yeah. Oh, it was uh, very hard. We, were, to tell we were already we were already getting creamed at the time. I'm it was gonna, already very hard to tell what was going on. There. I'm gonna say, wait. This is any competition, including friendlies and stuff. First team appearances by Charlie Asensio. Yeah. If it's in any all competitions, any, 
but it's 1.5. It's not just one. It's two or, right. or the over is two. No, I'm still going to take the under just because we have so much more depth there now. And like we have three left backs who are way higher on the depth chart than he is. And so I just don't, yeah, I don't think there's any need for him to play really. Those minutes will go to Colmenich if if they're needed. Okay. Jeremiah? I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go with the over here. I think there's a reason why they kept him around. They, have, they, must, see some, they must see some promise in Charlie Asensio that they didn't see from other draftees. So I think, it's Char- I think it's Charlie's time to shine with two appearances. Okay. This next one, this is a big one. The number, I think, is movable because I'm not sure where we're going to be on it. 9.5 goals by Emiliano Rigoni. 9.5. And again, this is all competitions. Yeah, I think I think yeah, at the end when they look at the season, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, all competition. Man, I need to be more specific of that. <laughs> it's fine. I, I can't wait to see you. Luckily, your Zardes number I don't know if so Emiliano's going to play in a lot of other competitions. Yeah. Well, he, it's his first full year. He's a winger, think, and we're thinking more about like the assists he's going to play to someone like Zardes. So he might not be somebody who's like a huge goal scorer but he scores a few every now and then like like Fagund- like Fagundes right, Fagundes is more strikey more strikey is that a technical term too is that the industry term uh, yes. I'll go under yeah under okay I'm gonna say under as well um, I think if he doesn't get close to that I think this year is gonna be a, a pretty big disappointment um but if he can make up for that in assists with having a year to bet in, having Zardes to aim at in the box, like I think he could still be a major contributor even if he doesn't hit that number. Um, but I'll take the pessimistic route here and go under with it. Yeah, to your point, Marcelo. Diego had six a... goals and 13 assists last year. So that's that's what I was gonna say. Diego yeah. had six. Okay. Yeah, all right. Maybe I set that I should have set that line based on Diego. Darn. But if you're doing you all me. competitions, because six is in. Yeah, MLS. maybe there's more. Yeah. 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 All right. You guys mentioned this last week that someone came in with a listener question of like, how many goals are you going to have between Diego, Driussi, Emmy, Zardes, Finley, and Uruti? Right. And you guys said, we're not going to calculate that. Well, I calculated you it. You did. Oh, thanks. And, the per- and I'm setting a line at 14.5%, the percentage of goals from outside that group. So outside Diego, Driussi, Emmy, Zardes, Finley, and Uruti. And what was it last year? Do you know? It was it was fifteen percent. Okay. We're outside. Mostly Ruben and Cascante. Wait, was is Ring included in the group or no? Ring is not included in the group. I listened to the podcast back. He was not included in the group. Okay. Percentage goes from not the non-forward list, if you will. Oof, this is hard because I like the distribution will be different, but I think it might just be distributed differently within that group. And so the line is 14 and it was 15 last year. 14 and a half. 14 and a half. Yeah. Is a line. I'm going to say, dang it. I don't know. You got You have an answer, Jeremiah. <laughs> I'm going to go over from outside that group. Okay. 
I'm going to cheat a little bit and guess that Will Bruin's going to pick up two or three goals oh. that Musa Jite is not going to get. And that's going to like cross the line between over and under. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with that and say that that group will score a lower percentage of goals. A lower percentage. Oh, I see, though. The main group, the, the big group. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. I would actually have said maybe next year I'll put my own picks in here and we'll go with it. But like, well, but, but um, then you may embarrass us, Marcelo, because you're more prepared than we are. I would say. I would say. I think it might be under. And the reason I think it might be under is I think we, we're building up much more more variety of options in the front. And I think that does it like if like if Rigoni works, if Zardes works, if the, if this group actually like comes together and and makes it happen with Riusi and Diego, I think they're going to be responsible for a lot more goals. And I don't. We don't know how much Bisonin is going to be as contributing to that as as Ruben was. Ruben was a big contributor up there. Um, so I'm curious. And and so it should be interesting. I think Will Bruin could be the X factor that that changes that up. But something about me tells me that's going to be a little. It might be a little bit more traditional on where these goals are coming from. But we'll see. That's just my my intuition. All right. Here's a big one. And I, I was I struggled to set this line. I almost set it at 0.5, but I thought we maybe do a little bit total. Total in any game appearances by Musa Jite, four point five. Is he coming back? Four point five. Is he coming know. back? And if so, is he going to play a lot? Four point five. Because he's going to come back. We're already going to have a, a like a rhythm. Will Bruin's going to be around? Like, is he coming back? Like, you know, if you think he's not coming back, it's an under. If you think he's coming back, how much are they going to run him? We will have talked about this on the other just segment say, of the show, yeah. so I'll keep this brief, but I'm going to say under. Under, okay. Oh, me too. Me too. And future us who's recording, wait, past us who's recording the future will understand this, but yeah, I'm going under. I mean, I'm not privy to the conversations. Do you think, and you can cut this out if you want, do you guys think he's coming back? No. I don't. No. Okay. That's a shame. We'll, we'll always have the Hattie. <laughs> All right. This one is from David Lee. 5.5. Austin FC2 starts by Damian Loss. 5.5? Yeah, because I think it was based on Tarbell's starts uh, with Stuver, I think is where it came from. But you said ATX2. Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, so you're assuming, have, you're assuming you get the, galaxy, the, yeah, the galaxy guy is going to be the main starter? Like that. that, that Do we know he's going to be the main starter? Eric, what was his name? Eric Bersano? Uh, or no, the Matt Bersano, the other guy. Eric Lopez, yeah. Well, this is this is what the the Slack people put. I'm not responsible. I'm going to say one. way over. I think Lost gets, way over. You think? Yeah, he's the guy. I don't know if he's the guy, but like with that two team, I think they'll mix them up regardless. Even if Lopez is the favorite, I think Lost will still get to play quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, I'll go over too, just because it's kind of like with my Asensio opinion. Like, there's a reason that Austin acquired him as a keeping him around, and I can't imagine it's to be. A guy who never plays for ATX FC two. What do we wait? Austin two, ATX two. What are we calling him, Landon? Uh, I'm I'm pushing for ATX two, ATX two. Got it. Trying to make Austin trying two. to make fetch happen. Three syllables. Three syllables. Austin two. The second team. Um, okay, this one we had last time, but there was some injury that brought the number up, so it's four point five. First team goalkeeper starts not by Brad Stuber. And last year, I believe he missed five games. Okay, again with injury. M- MLS and they got COVID. MLS are all comps. 
I think we should Let's say it MLS. was MLS last time, so we should stick to that. I think yeah. that makes it harder. Yeah. Um 4.5. Yeah. I'm going under. Under. I'm gonna go under too, because I like there's no not gonna be COVID and I've seen Matt Barsano play and I'm deathly terrified of him seeing the field more than five times this season. Yeah, but also the Stubers need to get power back before he can play again. <laughs> well, we could talk about that. Like, they should be at the Fairmont. There's a f- whole freaking hotel partnership that they have there. Apparently, like, maybe- they, they, the sources on Slack say that they are safe and they're with some friends and they wouldn't want to take a hotel when there are other people in greater need. That is the Stuverous possible answer. He's like, I he's like that. Judge Reinhold on Seinfeld, the guy, the like... The nice guy who takes Jerry's parents to My Fair Lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, I yeah. could have done more. Oh, the close talker. It's a gift. All right. Um, <laughs> here's some fun ones. 4.5 number of Mate Con Vos episodes. Oh, man. There were four, la- four last year, I think. This is tough because five. they're going to be doing yeah. a lot more, quote unquote, content. But does, Ooh, yeah, does, but is it gonna be does that kind of content fit with the Apple vision or is that like a little bit outside of what they're wanting? And so I think it's hard it's like to Wayne's say. World it's like Wayne's World where Rob, the Apple sends Rob Lowe and <laughs> exactly. Kurt Fuller in <laughs> yeah. to change the show. And, and they build and, a, re- a replica set of the Mate Convo studio just right next to the Mate Convo studio. Yeah. And meanwhile, like, and then Diego's like, contractor, no, I will not bow down to any sponsor. <laughs> I just watched that last night. That's my comfort movie. Oh man. All right. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say again, optimistic and hope that Mate Con Vos is encouraged by the Apple package and we get more than four episodes. Right. I'm going to disagree. I'm going under, I'm, I'm going to be sad about this, but. I think it, even if it's well, this okay. This could be a clarification question. If it's packaged up in some other way, as some like part of some other like random clip show or something, or is that does that count? I think it needs to be like a pure like okay. mate con vos. I'm staying. I'm definitely staying. Under we we can answer this one in spirit. I think it needs to be called mate con vos, or yes. if it has another name, it needs to be the exact same thing. God, if they if they, if they change it to mate con usted because Apple wants it, <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad. That, like that's the, you it's not that's not what these guys are doing. You don't get the yeah. double meaning then because it's like mate yeah. convos. Convo. Like conversations. Ah, oh, I, I never got that. I don't know if they. Meant I'm it sad that today, way. guys, because I'm sad today. By the way, because my favorite one of my my favorite Argentine restaurants I learned has closed down in the last year. El Trapiche in Palermo in Buenos Aires, which is a classic old school Argentine grill restaurant that has been around for decades. And now it's permanently closed. And uh, we're, we're, we're mourning it here at the, in the, in the household. Pour one out. Truly. Pour, pour a fernet out for El Trapiche, everybody. For El Trapiche. But if you are in Buenos Aires, go to El Palacio de la Papa Frita. Get the papa souffle. They're like potato discs that they fry so hot that they inflate into little balloons. And they're called papa souffle. There's nothing else like them in the world. Great beef as well. El Palacio de la Papa Frita, Palace of the Fried Potato. There you go. Or the papa souffle. You heard it here. All right. Here's another fun one from the Slack. Uh, and we counted there were there were seven last year. So I'm I'm setting the line at 6.5. Players who miss a ma- an MLS match due to yellow card accumulation. Wait, give me the numbers again. 
There were seven last year players who missed an MLS match due to yellow card accumulation. So 6.5 is the line. I'm going to say under. I mean, are these different players? Like the seven times? Different players. Or, so yeah, if you miss it. Seven times. If you miss like twice. It, like, like, yeah. Yeah. I'll still go under. Under. They're going to be better behaved. I think I think we're deeper in it, it's mostly midfielders, yeah. right? And I think we're deeper in the midfield and can afford to rotate some of these guys. And so maybe the good behavior, uh, um, like nullification of some of those will be a bit easier to achieve. So I think I think we'll go under. Okay. All right. This one was a hard line to set, and I'd be interested in here and thinking about where we want to set this line. Actually thought about this. And I'm like, actually, I really, I, I, there are things I like about this line. 9.5 jersey number of the first goal scorer. Oh. On the, on the under, it's Zardis and Ring. On the over, it's Dr- uh, Enrigoni. On the over, it's Driussi and, and Fagunes. Man. First goal scorer. I'll go so under. I think that's a good line. 9.5. You're going to go under. Line. I'm going to go under. It's also, it's, it's just distribution. If you just take like the people who are likely to start, it feels pretty, without actually counting, it seems pretty evenly distributed there as well. So if you're just doing it coin flip style. Yeah. Um, so who's going to score first? I'm, Gallagher's on the front end? On the upper? Gallagher's on one. Lima's on the other Rodney side. Rodney is on the on the upper, on the on the over. Right, that's a good, yeah. Rodney's, yeah, 11. that's a good consideration there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to... Maxi? I'm going to say it's going to be Julio Cascante. So over. Over. We got to split. That's great. Okay. All right. This one also, this, this one, Seth Rao was a big help on this one, just calculating everything. And uh, here we go. Uh, I'm assuming this was based on them not changing the MLS playoffs because they're still talking about these stupid things. So maybe we revisit this line at some point if we need to amend it, if they change the playoff format. But. 47.5 total matches played by Austin FC. 47.5. Let me run some numbers for you. 34 MLS regular season playoff matches plus playoffs. Uh, plus League's Cup, which we calculated how many there were going to be. Plus CCL, plus US Open. Uh, there are 39 guaranteed minimum matches. All right, 39. If we lose everything in the other cups and we do the regular season and don't make the playoffs, that's 39 minimum matches. Depending on the format of the playoffs, there are up to 57, up to 60 possible matches, max total. Depending on, on if we make a run in everything and get to the and win everything, which of course we're going to do, um, 57 to 60, depending. We, we said it like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen with the playoffs. The line is set at 47. Point five. So in addition to the MLS regular season, we're looking at 13.5 additional matches. How This is a question of how deep do you think we go in some of these tournaments? 47.5. Jeremiah, do you have an answer or you need to think? I do have an answer. Go for it. I'm going to go over on that. You think so? You think we're going to make some I think it's going to be tight. I think, I mean, it's, it's going to be close, but I think like, what was the minimum? 30 minimum is 39 39 so eight more matches are we going to get eight more above the minimum that means you have to win a few well we got so i'm counting wait it doesn't matter now i'm going to stick with the over i was thinking about ccl 
Like if I'm we get a buy in the first round, there's still only two. There's still two in the second uh, round. Yeah, that was. I, I don't know if we counted yeah. the buy or not. Yeah. I don't know. But those don't count as matches, so it doesn't really matter. There were going to be two either way, but I'll still stay with over. I'm gonna. I was gonna say under because of those two matches. Like we could still make a decent run in a few things and have those two matches removed from the max possible total. Uh, I also think. I th- I think we'll flame out in at least one or two of the competitions. I think we like will make a run in something, be it the playoffs or League's Cup or something. We're going to make a run in one of the extra league competitions and then we're going to flame out of the rest of them. All right. All right, that's all our over/unders. Now it's time for the tiebreaker. And you might want to write some of this down because it's a oh, little no. bit Oh no. It's not that hard but just you might want just to remember with it if you have a, a pen or a notepad or something like that all right sort these players by total playing time from most minutes to least minutes and however and then i will count i will count deviations from the reality at the end of the season and whoever has the fewest deviations from reality whoever's the closest wins the tie basically okay all right these are the left and right backs nick lima john gallagher John Kolmanich, Alex Lundqvist, Hector Jimenez, and Charlie Asensio. Once again, sort these players by total playing time. Lima, Gallagher, Kolmanich, Lundqvist, Jimenez, Asensio. This is where we could use the Jeopardy music. We can talk about it a little bit. I mean, the, <laughs> I think the wild card, the wild card here is Gallagher because he played Cuban play both sides. Yeah. So you might we might see him on the right, might see him on the left. And are these um, minutes in all competitions or just league? Total minute playing time. And I don't think the fact that we have more games is going to really affect that too much because there's still going to be a pecking order in terms of like how many like are we going to see Asensio that much? Are we going to see Jimenez that much? You know? Well, but if one was trying to decide between Nick Lima and John Gallagher. Yeah, that could be a question. And number one, that could be the tiebreaker. Like right Gallagher's flexibility yeah, well, that, could be the yeah. To, yeah. I'll say total playing time. I'm going to look up yeah. total playing time at the end of the year, uh, and I'm going to look it up I, not I wanna, on MLS stats. I want to make you go way. first, Jeremiah. Okay. Well, my clarification kind of gave away my response, but I'm going to go. I'm not going to change Gallagher. anything. I have mine. Okay. I like that Landon has his hands up because this is a visual medium. Okay, Gallagher, Lima, Lundqvist, Kolmanich. Jimenez Asensio. My well, mine is exactly that. <laughs> Damn it! It's not a tiebreaker then. Damn it! I thought that was so clever. Like that was to me. That's like the big position battle is left and right back, and what that order is going to look like, and who's going to break through, and who's going to have these games. Okay, and- okay, we can do um, do something with like what position John Gallagher will play more just, okay how do we how well, do we do that don't don't we know that he plays one more than the other even though he's he can do both he does now but if lundquist looks better than lima maybe you swip you switch johnny over to the other side let's make that the tiebreaker do, do you want to do that like will john Geller, play Geller more plays total games more games, more games on, on the left, left or right All so who has left and who has right let's say minutes not games okay minutes yeah minutes yeah Oh, if you're going to calculate that, because I don't know if I can calculate What, what if we both pick the same one here? <laughs> no, one of you has to choose the left and one of you has to choose the right. If not, I'll make up something else, something else that you you have to take an opposite side. 
I'll let you go first. I'll take the other side, Landon. Okay. Um, I'll say I'll say left. Gallagher plays more minutes on the left side. Okay. okay. This right. is one of those where one of us is going to look really dumb at the end of the year when he plays like 90 minutes on one side or the other. Okay. Yeah, we're going to know right. like four games in. <laughs> four games in, yeah. You got that. So you better hope the other over-unders are good because otherwise you, you don't have that tiebreaker in. Um, we had some other ones that we, we were... We, I was going to bring back the 0.5 goals by Romagna. Went away. Sad about that. Uh, after the rumors that have been going around. And then I was going to bring the number of athletic... I almost did 2.5 athletic uh, sporting directors employed by Austin FC, c- counting Sean Rubio as one. Um, so I didn't know if we were going to hire a new one or keep Sean Rubio. Um, but that just... I I took that away in order to get under get under get it to an odd number of things. Any other interesting... Any narrative, any like patterns that we see? I think last year I remember seeing that you, Landon, thought that we were going to rotate a lot more and we ended up playing the same starting 11 almost every game. Is there anything like that, any patterns that you see here that you feel are worth worth commenting on? I mean, on the theme of rotation, I think Josh Wolf, even if he's, his hand isn't forced because his hand wasn't forced a lot last year, we didn't have a lot of injuries. He wasn't like, it was really yellow cards that, that made him change lineups. And so I think he needs to be proactive about this rotation with how many games they're going to be playing. And so I I think if he doesn't rotate, it could end up being like putting this team in trouble. Really. If he tries to run guys into the ground and then whenever the games start catching up with us, I think it could, could come back to bite him. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say, I think, it's going to probably be a mistake, but I don't want to like doubt Josh Wolf and end up on the first game video again this year, like I did last year. <laughs> uh, so I just, I think like with another year in the system, maybe he's going to be able to implement some additional flexibility beyond that because like the basic fundamentals are like so ingrained into these guys now that maybe they will do some different things that lead rotation. I was thinking like the, the, for me, the big pattern is that like the front is so different now. With Gite gone, Zardis in, Rigoni settling in, and now possibly Will Barun joining us, that like I think the way we're going to score is going to be completely different than the way we used to, than the way we scored last year, where we where it was Driusi creating these chances and just doing impossible shots, and we're still going to see a couple of those, but I feel like this thing is going to be much more the way that Wolf envisions us playing, uh, and that that'll be really interesting. And he said they that there's that striker goal. They want to change it up and provide some new wrinkles and make things a little bit different. So that, that should be really fun. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say was, uh, I'm trying to, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I lost it. Sorry. Well, thank you all for having me, uh, on the show. I'm, ex- I think, uh, I, man, I really want to see that Rodney Redes goal witnessed by the public, or I want, I would love to see one that is not witnessed by the public and have to deny <laughs> it. That's my, that's my, that that he they announced that he scored a goal in a closed door friendly or something and that like that's the only thing we get and then i like, <laughs> that, that's what i would love um cool well thank you all for having me on the show uh i'll i guess we'll be back to compare these notes next time um and uh yeah until next time yeah thanks a lot this was great marcelo thanks so much once again for keeping us from having to plan an entire show and doing all the work for us yeah, we love that. And we'll all laugh about how wrong we were when we get back to this later. You guys uh, had winning records last time. So. All right. Maybe we'll get better. Yeah. 
All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, Marcelo. Bye. All right. We want to thank Marcelo one more time. He does an excellent job with those games. We're very grateful for him doing that for us. Uh, before we wrap up, we'd like to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Come find us online. I'm at on Twitter at LVHero87. Jeremiah is at jbentley underscore ATX. And we're at Moon Tower Soccer on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, which hopefully we'll have some more content up there in the next uh, week or so, we're guessing. Also, sign up for the Patreon. We've got some cool stuff coming in the not-so-distant future. Sign up for the Striker where you can get a 30% discount with Moon Tower 22 with capital M. Jeremiah, what can folks look out for there? Well, it's two articles, both from Phil West this week, that people should check out. One is uh, three players to watch coming out of the El Paso Locomotive match that he wrote right after the right after the match. And then there's also another article uh, that uh, deals mostly with some Josh Wolf comments that's called Full of Surprises, Austin FC looking to keep opponents guessing in 2023. So we talked a little bit about maybe some tactical uh, adjustments and, and shifts Josh Wolf might have in store, and those are covered in Phil's article. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back in one week with a new episode of Moon Tower Soccer, where we are going to interview the one and only Adrian Healy. So that one is definite. That's on the books. We also have another interview that we're hoping um, is going to be on this show as well. We don't have that one confirmed yet, but if it happens, y'all are really going to like it, and we are very excited about it. So stay tuned for more information on that. Until then, I'm Landon Cottom. I'm Jeremiah Bentley. We'll catch you next time. When no one is around. Think for nothing, you never. La gente. Oh my God.